This week on Cult Transmissions, Old Jack always says, What the hell? So this week we are watching Big Trouble in Little China, the 1986 John Carpenter crazy martial arts action horror cult film. <laughs> um, what have you guys been watching lately? Eric? Um, so uh, I just watched this pretty cool, like, it was a, a silent film I was telling you about earlier. I think it was called... Um, the man who gets slapped he who gets slapped and it's um lon cheney's in it but it's cool because um it's on it's called like grim update or something but they added like real scary music to it like instead of the original music and it really adds to it. it's really cool it's on uh prime i think is that based on a play yep uh, my uh, old uh, screenwriting teacher presented that and like wrote it and had the actors in the theater at that college perform that so that he was really proud of that and yeah. you can check that out because I was not familiar at the time yeah it's old it's pretty what, awesome what what do you watch this week um, I watched come to daddy 2019 Ant Timpson movie. He's a New Zealand director. I think this is his first movie, actually. He was generally a producer. He did, like, Greasy Strangler, ABCs of Death, Turbo Kid, Deathgasm, stuff like that. Got Elijah Wood and, and Stephen McCaddy, who was the lead of Pontypool. That's kind of a cult favorite of uh, ours, at least. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, I don't know. It was a, a really cool thriller with a good twist. Uh, I actually didn't see it coming. I wasn't thinking too much ahead, so that helped. Um, basically, Elijah Wood's character gets caught up in a crazy situation involving his father and has to fight to get out of it and figure it all out. And It, it, it almost kind of reminded me of uh, Saulnier's Blue Ruin in the fact that the protagonist is kind of out for revenge but literally has no clue what he's doing and super clumsy about it. and Just definitely like... Uh, a surprising film, but a uh, little, a lot of dark comedy sprinkled throughout. I, I recommend it. I think I gave it like a three point five on Letterbox, so it's it's a solid B B plus film. Clay, uh, I haven't been watching many movies uh, this week, uh, apart from this one. Uh, I have been watching The Outsider, mm. which is uh, on, uh, HBO. The show I had that uh, written down too. It's pretty rad. 
Uh, I also caught up on Avenue 5, which is pretty funny. It's sci-fi comedy on uh, HBO. But, uh, I don't know, nothing to really report there. I was going to ask uh, other, you. Other than watch The Outsider, if you guys haven't or aren't watching it, because it's, uh, it's pretty awesome. Did you like episode 8? Yeah, yeah, it was really good. Was That's the make or break episode. Where it's kind of revealed and people are going to be like turned yeah. off or, or fully on board. Oh, no. I was all in from pretty much the get-go. It, it kind of starts as like a weird... True crime. Almost. Sort of, yeah. Like a weird crime show. And then it slowly kind of unpeels the layer of supernatural horror in there. It... it was it Jason Bateman like directed yep. the first two or three episodes? And I, I just got to say, I legit think Jason Bateman knows what the fuck he's doing. Like, that guy is pretty awesome. He's, uh... He's got, like, a a, a style all his own. He, he also directs a few episodes of Ozark or Ozarks. Uh, directed, I, I think, that dark comedy movie about the spelling bee, which name is escaping me right now. I I'm, I, turns out I'm just a Jason Bateman fan. Yeah, he, uh, Even Teen Wolf too. Of course. It's his best work. I, I was worried the quality would drop because he just kind of fucking bounces off the show. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I got other shit to do. Yeah, well, I think he stays on as a producer, so I still okay. think he, like, he is well, I don't want to spoil it, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I just, I, I was just meaning, like, in that recent episode, the whole hand was fully revealed for right. the first yeah. time. Yeah, no, it was scary as fuck. And I was nervous that it would ruin it, and I thought it was, I thought it was handled well. There was one big change from the book in that episode. I'll, I'll talk to you off air. I don't want to spoil it for these two. These guys need to watch it. All right. Um, I watched a couple movies. Um, first one was the Ted Post film, 1968, Hang 'em High. Sounds uh, good. One. Yeah, yeah. Some some western action. Um, quick quick plot. Uh, tell about rampaging band of vigilantes who make two mistakes: they hang the wrong man and they don't finish the job. Uh, it's Clint Eastwood's Western movie debut, and it takes place in Oklahoma. So that's kind of cool. That's a good one. Um, and then I watched the 2019 J.P. Valkypa. I speak these long names. Uh, dogs Don't Wear Pants. Uh, Shudder. Yep. Uh, Juha just lost his wife in a drowning accident. Years after, he still feels numb and unable to connect with people I can relate uh, then meeting Mona, a dominatrix, changes everything. That's it. But it's it's worth a watch. It's got some dark humor, some pretty pretty grotesque, cringy stuff in it. Um, yeah. Check it out. That's about it. Sweet. We we should point out the incoming Candyman trailer going to be released tomorrow. Oh, We're recording shit, on right. Wednesday, yeah. so. I next, like, next week we'll probably talk about it. Yeah, I'm. I like the poster. I like the way it looks. Yeah, nice and clean. Looks, yeah. yeah, yeah, it looks nice. I, I'm just gonna see if they kind of show you <clears throat> if it's gonna take like a different direction in the trailer. I, I don't expect it to show much. Probably a one minute teaser, but we'll see. I, I'm not saying Jordan Peele like everything he does has to be funny. Uh, I'm kind of. It's a weird mix. Like Jordan Peele producing a Clive Barker uh, movie, so to speak. It's Kyle Barker is never intentionally funny. He is right. unintentionally funny a lot. But, like, yeah. I don't know. There, I guess there's some stuff in Hellraiser that maybe is kind of like the smoking man and everything like that. Or the, uh, oh, I forgot his name. Frank? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
It's just, well, those are being skinned alive and just casually smoking. Yeah. Well, those are two, the two movies I always reference as like having no jokes or smiles or yeah, laughter no, in the I, movie. I, it's a kind of a Clive Barker thing. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that'd be yeah, interesting that's for sure. a very good point. I hadn't thought about that. I do hope that he puts Destiny's Child Say My Name in the end credits of that movie because that would be an amazing end to that movie. <laughs> or at least like a remix of that song. Yeah, or something. like the, I got five on it. He milked that. Like, yeah, you know. nowadays they do the, like, everybody does like a shitty, whispery, slow, like, like a slow yeah. version of a covered song. Just do that. Well, Just like the 33 RPM Jolene. It's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, if if you're listening, you could just use that for whatever. We'll play, we'll play a little bit in this yeah. episode. <laughs> okay, well, without further ado, uh, let's do Big Trouble in Little China. This is Jack Burton in the Pork Chop Express, and I'm talking to whoever's listening out there. It's a pretty amazing planet we live on here. And a man would have to be some kind of fool to think we're all alone in this universe. There is a hidden world where ancient evil weaves a modern mystery. What's going on here? Is this some kind of... Magic. The darkest magic. They call it Little China. Finally, we shall bring order out of chaos. It's where Big Trouble was waiting for Jack Burton. Who? Jack Burton. Me. Jack. Jack. Jack! They told him to go to hell. He make one move. And that's just where he's going. Somebody, I don't care who, tell me what is going on. Uh, so this movie, directed by John Carpenter, released in theaters July 2nd, 1986. Um, so, so John Carpenter, we'll, we'll focus on him a little bit. Who is that? <laughs> we'll probably, we could do an entire episode on him alone. Yeah, we're yeah. not gonna... I'm not going to go too deep into that. <laughs> yeah. But he was born January 14th, 1948. Um, Still going on. Yep. He started film. He started a film course at USC Cinema in 1969. Um, he started with an eight-minute short film. was the first thing he ever did in school called Captain Voyeur. Um which they rediscovered later in 2011 and it showed some elements of like of the Halloween <laughs> franchise <laughs> that he's most famous for um and then the next year he collaborated with uh John Longnecker yeah that's a that's, <laughs> that's a name but he uh he was a co-writer um film editor and composed music for the film uh, The Resurrection of Bronco Billy in 1970 which actually won an Academy Award for the best live action short film Wow! and had a short uh, theatrical release in the US and Canada for two years so Carpenter's a legitimate 
Academy Award winner. Yep. Holy yeah, shit. First, like his first actual... Well, I guess his second, but... No shit. <laughs> yeah. Then he did... Um, he's done a, done a few more films after that. Um, the major film... His first major film as a director is Dark Star, um, 1974. Uh, science fiction comedy that he co-wrote with Dan O'Bannon. Yeah, which will I probably seen it. Me either. I know all about it, but yeah, uh, it's like kind of a weird sci-fi. I don't know. Is it is it horror? Does it say? It just says a sci science fiction comedy. Yeah. It didn't yeah. look like it had much horror from what I've seen. But Dan O'Bannon, I mean, he. Uh, That's what makes me expect horror. <laughs> yeah. Helped, Carpenter. He write, does everything. Helped write Alien. Um, directed the horror comedy. Uh, Return of the Living Dead. Oh, yeah. Um, it's a legend in his own right. <laughs> uh, okay, so and then John Carpenter went on to direct a, a, tons of films, which we'll probably talk about most of them at some point <laughs> in the future. But um, today we're talking about Big Trouble in Little China again, which we said. So we probably all saw this when we were a lot younger. <laughs> what were your guys' first initial thoughts on the film? Um, <clears throat> I remember catching it probably on like USA, like during the day on like a Saturday. So, and I caught it like mid movie. Yeah. Had an idea who Kurt Russell was. And I just, you know, first glance, like, oh, okay, action movie. It's a handsome ass man. Now, hang on. There's sorcerers, there's lasers, there's creatures. And I just, it, it obviously over my head, but. It was entertaining, but I think it was, gosh, I don't think it was probably for another 10 more years until I, like, sat down and watched it start to finish, and we're like, oh, okay, it's supposed to be like this, like, the dialogue is supposed to sound like this, like, it's just that type of movie, I didn't mm. really understand that, you know, B movies <laughs> or cult movies or anything. I, uh, I saw, I don't know, I heard people telling stories about it in, like, first grade. And I was kind of really? already upset. Well, it's an upsetting story. <laughs> so I didn't know the name of the movie. There was just, you know, some girl was talking about it. I was like, this sounds awesome. But uh, I went home and told my mom. And she thought, I'm sure it'll probably come up a lot in this episode. And I was like, oh, Golden Child. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. So mom got that for me or whatever. I, was like, I don't think this is the movie. So anyways, my dad, a bit more of a movie buff. I was talking to my dad about it. My dad's like, one second, and he just like we had the goddamn movie. Yeah, <laughs> it was like a bootleg back when you'd have like two VCRs and right. print a movie. Mm -hmm. yeah. Anyways, uh, so he's like, "This is the movie you want to see," and I watched it and I loved it. It had like a Star Wars vibe to me when I was a kid, or at least it appealed to me in a lot of the same ways Star Wars did. Uh, which I don't, I don't know why, but yeah, I uh, I really liked it. I basically wore that bootleg tape out over the course of my childhood after that, which is uh, probably says a lot about me, I guess. Uh, and many other late night tapes, probably. <laughs> You'll notice the part where Kurt Russell's wet is a little warm. <laughs> no, I, I, I loved it then. I, I actually kind of went into watching this thinking that it was not going to be as deep of an episode. I was like, oh, you know, there's 
it's big trouble in little china it's just fun i don't think it really has much to say but uh upon just watching it this time i was like well you know what actually i think maybe it does <laughs> you know yeah. uh so i'll be interested to dig into that i'm gonna point out that our first episode was clay's favorite movie so it could have been like a five-parter so when we choose these other movies it's gonna be a little more limited probably but hey it's, it's fine not as yeah and uh yeah these movies don't have as deeper deeper meaning meaning is it no, I mean, no, we're no, probably actually, gonna do pieces of shit at some point so i mean it's, well, it's gonna vary i feel like honestly i could probably talk more on piece of crap movies because <laughs> yeah. the ones i love it's like i don't know yeah. what to say yeah there's not a lot a lot of not a nits to pick in uh, that or this really it's a rock solid movie but so. are we gonna have an hour and a half analysis of troll 2 at any point i don't know if it'll be an <laughs> hour and a half. maybe an hour there's a lot of stuff we'll see. <laughs> the worst movie ever <laughs> yeah. depends on if I there's could, any yeah. subs yeah. if we go into best involved. worst movie documentary we can stretch <laughs> another half hour probably all okay. right uh i'll just uh oh brian when did you first see it obviously as a kid bits and pieces i i lumped it in with more like the goonies that's just what it reminded me of all the underground shit and yeah just you know obviously it's quite different but when you're a kid you just that's what you do you want things together um i don't remember when i rewatched it though i do remember seeing it on tv don't know if i ever finished it till i was probably early 20s maybe teens early teens or late teens but uh so this is my first time to watch it all the way through and since i can remember and man I wish I didn't wait so long. It's going to be... I think I have, like, an unopened copy on my DVD shelf. I just... It's one of those things, like, an investment. Like, this is a timeless movie. I'm going to want to watch this someday. I'm going to want to own this. So, you know, I have, like, 20 movies like that on my shelf. Uh, I can actually tell you where one of your DVD copies uh, are. You actually gave me the DVD of that movie at one point. Well, then I probably rebought yeah. it. Okay, okay. So, yeah. I was going to be like... I don't, think I don't you, give I don't think shit away. Have, I don't I, think you have that anymore. Actually. I don't give it away unless I have another one. But, uh, yeah, I mean, my, my initial thoughts rewatching it is like, it is literally like the epitome of a cult film. Yeah. Like, like yeah. it doesn't shock me at all. This is one of the first ones brought up. Um, but, uh, I don't want to go too much into the details of it because we're going to keep yeah. going here, but let Eric go ahead and jump on it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I saw it when I was a kid also, uh, I mostly remember the kung fu fighting. Right, yeah. The monsters were awesome. It's scary when you're a kid. Um, so I'm just going to say a little bit about this. People who starred in it and uh, a little bit of the, the story of the movie. So it stars the great Kurt Russell. Blessing. <laughs> playing Jack Burton. It also has Kim Cattrall, Dennis Dunn, and James Hong. Um, so the film... Tells the story of Jack Burton, who helps. I guess he's delivering pigs. I don't food. know. It's the Pork Chop Express, man. It's yeah, I, yeah, I just he's hear delivering it, chickens or something. I just hear it joked that he's a guy that owns a truck and likes to drive it around. I don't. I don't know if he works in the movie. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I think he's just delivering stock because you know he shows up at the marketplace and that's yeah. kind of. Yeah, I guess that. Yeah, that that is true. I forgot yeah. about that scene. Well, basically, so he friends with friends with uh Dennis Dunn's character Wang Chi um whose girlfriend gets stolen because she has green eyes and and then I guess uh Kurt Russell or Jack Burton the character's 
love interest. Love interest, yeah. Also, instant love interest. She kind of like jumps into it herself, but but yeah. So it's over the top. So like the first thing they um. So anyways, they got to get it from this uh, underground ancient sorcerer that's trying to steal their marry him and break the curse he has on him with, with his very ancient name of David <laughs> yeah. David Lopin yeah, yeah. <laughs> that threw me off I think that's part of the tongue in cheek nature of the movie though is Lopin sounds cool and intimidating mm-hmm. but fucking David and they all call him David <laughs> all his cronies call him David and I'm like don't call him fucking oh, shit, David. Did they? Yeah, yeah. like the three like storms. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you're right. Yeah, yeah. I figure he's just been around for so long. Like, hey, it's David. And that's hey, how no, he gets nobody, his... nobody calls him Dave. All right. Well, maybe <laughs> they're having some slack. Maybe know. they're referring it to him when he's in his human form in the wheelchair. I don't know. I don't remember the specifics, but I remember that kind of made me make a mental note. Yeah. Kind of like also how Kim Cattrall is like a lawyer. I think that's that's what she does, right? Yeah, yeah she's a and lawyer. Gracie or, Law uh, is her name. I'm like, I thought really? she was a reporter. Well, no, I thought the no, reporter the was the other, the other girl, uh, the, other the redhead. Yeah, yeah. Okay, she's getting the reporter to do work to get her answers for. I don't think they ever really dig into uh, Kim Cattrall's like why she's so goddamn nosy, but I think it's yeah, something about being a lawier, yeah, like, oh, getting answers. Law- well, yeah, that's that's a whole thing. She's yeah, a lawyer. Okay, but her name is Gracie Law. It's like that's so on the nose. So they probably did that because they had to rewrite the entire screenplay. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so the original screenplay was um, by a first-time screenwriter, Gary Goldman and David C. Weinstein. And um, it was envisioned as a Western set in the 1880s. And um, I'm, I'm pretty sure... Uh, Jack Burton was just on a horse delivering food to railroad workers. Yeah, his horse gets stolen. I read about yeah. that. Yeah. So I mean, it was just you know, it's kind of that instead of instead of his truck, it was uh, a horse. Like, that's not as that's not as climactic. I mean, you can get a new horse anywhere. <laughs> Semi's a little harder. So, anyways, the uh, the studio that they wanted modernized, so they hired W. D. Richter. To rewrite the script and modernize it, and he just finished work on uh, Buckaroo Banzai right right before this movie. I haven't watched that, but I could see it having a similar vibe to yeah, some of the I comedy. I think we need to watch it. It's a super cult movie. Yeah, even yeah, if we don't uh, talk about boy. it, we need to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> it's something else. Yeah. So after they rewrote it, they hired uh, Carpenter to direct the film. They made a lot of changes, though. The intro wasn't originally always supposed to be there with yeah. Eric Chen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what What are your thoughts on that? Because some people are kind of upset that it it gave away the uh, magic from the get go, but some people felt it might have been necessary. What do you guys think? I mean, did it throw you off? Or <clears throat> it seems suck you in. It seems weird because I know, like, one of the first couple of times I watched it, it's like, did I skip? a scene or something because it just kind of starts and it's just but then you know yeah they reveal sorcery right then and there but with with the stuff that the movie goes through I think it I think it works for me 
I mean, it kind of sets you up for like it's gonna be a wild, wild movie. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, there's no reason it couldn't have worked with just the semi coming over the hill on the highway, but yeah, I don't know. I think it's it was, fine. It was, I didn't remember it. <laughs> it was mandated. Like they, they actually like told told John Carpenter. No, I know. That's what I'm saying. They like rewrote it in he, there. He was very unenthusiastic about it. Yeah. 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 I uh, I don't know what I thought. Recently rewatching it, it was fine to me. I was like, yeah. I guess I was just used to it. Probably. <laughs> it's like the movie trying to retcon itself before it starts. Like, they're like, no, Jack's not an idiot. He's very brave and heroic. And then, like, the rest of the movie happens. Like, hang on. Yeah, they, yeah they tried to do so many, like, things with that intro. Like, not misdirection, but, like, look at the posters. I know the marketing was hard, which we'll get into, I'm sure, at some point. But, like... I don't think the marketing was so much hard as they just didn't give a shit. Like, well, no, like I was reading, they didn't know how to market it, and they, that's part of the reason they didn't even fucking try. But, uh, well. Yeah. So that's why, um, I didn't even, I skipped over it, but the budget was 19 to 25 million, and in the box office, it only made 11.1 million. So it was a flop due to the marketing. And Kurt Russell was coming off of a few flops. I don't have the titles, but he was kind of apprehensive at first. Because I think that was Carpenter's first choice. And uh, he ended up obviously taking it and turning down Highlander. Yeah. Did you guys know that? Yeah, yeah. No, I had heard about that, yeah. That's pretty, <laughs> oh, wait, pretty no. good choice by him. I know why I had heard of the trot throwing that. <laughs> We're well, supposed to be secretive about that. And stuff. back to the marketing, it could have been partly because they were struggling as fast as possible in pre-production to get the movie out because it came out nearly the same time as The Golden Child. Yeah, once they heard I mean, about it, they rushed and like beat it by six months. I think is yeah. what happened. And you, yep. you think about both movies, the what they're about. I mean, it's you know. Yeah, they both had the Oriental setting, but uh, I think. Kurt Russell could kick Eddie Murphy's ass. <laughs> so that's all that really matters. I mean, the red uh, leather pants red, or suit. That's <laughs> entire Eddie Murphy. Uh, Delirious geez. suit versus the fucking knee-high moccasins. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, fun fact, the uh, those knee-high moccasins were Kurt Russell's idea. He had them made in, like, Denver, Colorado. Fucking egregious. For some, for <laughs> just because he thought, I don't know why. He just, it was his idea. I, <laughs> Carpenter I don't, was I don't like, even know my thoughts on those boots, man. Like, like, I don't know if they're cool or if they're terrible. All I know, I think they're distinct. You're like, well, no, that's nobody else is wearing them. <laughs> I was like triple, double, triple check. Like, you know, like, am I like imagining these? Like, I, I was like, is there? Are they serving a purpose? And I was like, no, I think he just. His character likes those fucking boots. It's like, <laughs> I think I think it does kind of like drive home just. <laughs> How dumb Jack Burton is as a character. <laughs> he's like this Can't doofus, even dress himself like this an adult. doofus just thinks he's an action hero. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about Jack Burton. Let's when his so Kurt Russell is basically playing um uh John Wayne. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as as Carpenter explained, he's playing John Wayne, who's playing a sidekick but doesn't or he's playing himself, but he's actually a sidekick and doesn't know it. <laughs> right, yeah. I See, it didn't occur to me whenever I was, like, a kid watching the movie because, it, like, in the same way, like, I had already seen Green Hornet, you know what I mean? And Bruce Lee was kicking all the ass and Green Hornet was just some schlub 
you know, like, I'm going to punch this guy in the face. And fucking Bruce Lee's Bruce Lee. Uh, so I, it, it didn't even cross my mind when I was a kid. I was like, yeah, of course Jack Burton's a hero. I, not until I saw the movie as an adult. Yeah. You know, I, uh, a modern character I was reminded of through Jack Burton was uh, Star-Lord. Yeah. Which is ironic because Kurt Russell plays his dad. Spoiler, but um, they use the but Star Lord is kind of the hero, so that's one difference. But he's kind of an idiot and has to be walked through a lot of shit. So right in a way, he's like a hero getting the boost from behind the nudge. Yeah, they used um, they used the line directly from the movie in in that Guardian of the Galaxy where he's like, "Who?" He's like. Jack Burton. And he says the same thing. He's like, Star-Lord, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, I didn't even yeah. realize yeah, that. Yeah, no, I yeah. seriously just thought of that on my own. <laughs> I hadn't watched that one in a while. Yeah, it's like a direct line. Um, so Kurt Russell met John Carpenter on a movie he did with him uh, called Elvis in 1978. Um, I, I, I watched an interview with John Carpenter and he was saying... He, he wanted Kurt Russell to play him like he had him audition and he could play him perfect but there was another guy they had that the studio wanted that looked exactly like Elvis but he couldn't <laughs> act for it like John, John Carpenter was like he looked just like him but he couldn't act for the life of him so I had to like he had to fight to get um, Kurt Russell in there because they're like isn't he a Disney guy like yeah. Does he just do, like, Disney movies? I've never seen the Elvis movie, but uh, seeing stills of it, though, uh, Kurt Russell is a very passable uh, young Elvis Presley. Uh, Am I wrong, or was he an Elvis impersonator in 3,000 Miles to Graceland? Is he not in that movie? I thought that was... Kevin Costner, but there's three people. Know. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't feel like it. What's kind of cool is um, in one of Disney a Disney movie that Elvis was in one of Elvis's movies Kurt Russell was in as a child yeah like he worked with them is that the Did Hawaiian you? one mm-hmm. yeah I don't have a title but I I, I so he like, sure picked knew up in my head. knew Elvis alright the verdict is in yeah yeah Kurt Russell is uh, totally one of the uh, Elvis impersonators he has like aviators on. miles to Graceland yeah I remember I remember some sh- screenshots of that There's a lot of I don't think I've seen that but what it ties to him. That's the, oh another uh, weird fact about the uh, casting is: Did you guys hear uh, read about who the who they wanted, or I guess Carpenter wanted to play Wang? Mm-hmm. Fucking Jackie Chan, fresh off Police Story success, wow. and producer said nope, his English was too bad. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they didn't know what he'd become later on. Yeah. And Wings, or not Wing, but uh, Dennis Dunn. out here. Dennis Dunn, I mean, he was great. His English was good. Like, it worked yeah. out. I'm not, I don't think Carpenter's disappointed, but uh, yeah. Uh, apparently, been. he was, he came on, went on to say he would have declined it anyways. Well, Fuck you, Jackie. It probably would have been a little more action packed and the fight scenes, obviously, a little more yeah. intense. But I don't, I can't see Carpenter focusing on a bunch of. Like in depth martial arts scenes that eats up a lot of the dialogue and yeah monsters. Yeah. Uh, Jackie Chan movies do tend to have that like very focused on look at all the cool shit. Well, Jackie yeah, Chan's I mean, that's doing. why you this watch them. Kind of a, a kind of a. It's not totally an ensemble, but yeah. I mean, 
there's a ton of screen time to go about all of the uh, protagonists in the film. So. He probably looked at the script, and Jackie Chan probably would have been like, let me be one of the storm. They got a lot of badass yeah. martial yeah. arts parts. And what's funny is Dennis Dunn doesn't even know martial arts. Like, they just Old trained him for those scenes, yeah. and that's... He, he's the choreography. Just, yeah. He, he's really good at it. He's very convincing. Yeah. Another thing I love about Jack Burton is he reminds me a lot of, like, Han Solo, like, that scoundrelly... Just... I don't know. I mean, they start off playing mm-hmm. cards and shit. Like, I don't know. It just gave me a very Han Solo. Oh, yeah. kind of Kind of the same, like, arrogance. I don't know. And I loved Han Solo, so it's part <laughs> yeah. of the reason that he... I gravitate towards Jack Burton. Yeah, so also I was in those interviews, Kurt Russell, uh, John Carpenter's talking about Kurt Russell, and he's uh, he designed the wardrobe for Snake Puskin and Escape from New York, like himself, which was I thought was cool. Tank top, military pants, and boots, and an eye patch. That's <laughs> all you need. Killer Halloween costume if you actually have a head of hair. God damn it. I feel like that's a trending thing with him. He seems to like to make his own wardrobe. He still has a good head of hair. I know. God, I hate old people <laughs> have more hair than me. Some people say it's, it could be, they're like, you don't get that old in Hollywood and keep that. Like, that's not his real hair. <laughs> but I like to think it is. It I looks think healthy. it is. It looks healthy. It looks real. So the, the visual effects were done by a man named Richard Edlund who worked for George Lucas probably right before this movie came out and he started his own company. Yeah. Which they, uh, well, I guess they did all the effects for Ghostbusters. Yeah, yeah, they all, like, it was a bunch of, uh, was it Industrial Light and Magic uh, Mm -hmm. transplants? Which is awesome. Straight raided them. And, I mean, still, to this day, he's like, man, some of, he thinks Ghostbusters and Big Trouble was one of his best scenes. He's like, yeah, there's some stuff, but... Yeah. He loves the effects, like the um, weird little the guardian, guardian yeah. thing. Dude, that thing is amazing. That's the best thing in the movie to me mm-hmm. as far as effects. It looked real, and like, I don't know. You yeah. just imagine that ha- having to be CG, and it wasn't at all. Yeah, it was weird. And he did the um, like the optical, like the lights shining and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> Ghostbusters in this had some of the best like lightning in like laser type stuff I've seen yeah it was so cool like when um Egg and Lopan are like sorcery shadow puppet fighting (laughs) finger fighting (laughs) actually that was a note that I took down the other night watching I put sorcerer finger battles yeah (laughs) but the the imagery was awesome though yeah you know the two colors and there's like two samurais reminded me of the revenge of the Jedi poster like the same colors and everything uh, for some odd reason, that scene reminded me of the the climax of Masters of the Universe, and it, I think it turns out they it's the same. He worked on he yeah. worked on Masters of the yep. Universe too. So. That's awesome. I don't care if you guys want to get into that one or not. <laughs> now, me and Eric talked about it before the show. I'm good. I'm in on that train for sure. I also love when the uh, I don't remember which of the Storm characters it was, but there's that scene where they break down the roof to get. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I want to say it's Rain. Wang is, Cheese. Is the, the Girl. last man standing. Yeah. Well, no, this isn't at the end, but this it, it, he just fucking crashes the lightning through and then strikes a bolt up and rides the lightning bolt up with his hand yeah, like a yeah. fucking like fireman's pole. Yeah, yeah. I was like, that is the coolest thing yeah, to when, do with lightning. When they first appear, so yeah, let's, let's just start the movie. Like, So at, 
in the beginning when they get trapped in an alleyway between these two gangs fighting or whatever. <laughs> which is a funny moment where, like, they have all these giant guns. and uh, Yeah, that, there's just yeah, an actual... Yeah. <laughs> and pulls out a knife. <laughs> and it's like, okay, man. <laughs> which becomes pivotal later in the movie, though. Right, right. I kind of wish they had those three characters in even more. Like, that... Those guys yeah. in that movie are... Every time they show up in their stories. suits and, like, regular attire, I'm like, fuck, man, put on yeah. your real shit. Like, put on your hat, at least. That's like watching, like, NFL players, like, in their everyday life outside of that. I don't care. Put on your shit and hit each other. Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so when they show up, you know, they, they fight. I, I That scene when they start, that dude, that dude, like, on one of the sides, he's bald, and he comes out with, like, cross bullet belts on and like two six shooters yeah <laughs> and he like just comes out and, he's, and they start <laughs> shooting and they have this big gun battle and then they just start to fight with you know yeah martial arts actual, and, like, yeah, uh, and weapons it's like okay this is kind of weird but <laughs> i think it kind of stuck out when i watched as a kid i was like why why are they kicking and punching i, I, wrote, I wrote how weapons. this movie just flawlessly drifts between so many genres yeah being like obviously like the Asian martial arts cinema and western or like sorry American action and that scene is your first huge taste of it mm-hmm. you're just like what the fuck is happening and why is it working yeah and then like uh, another cool thing is like they go kind of deep into the Asian culture which I obviously can't dip into it's you know out of my knowledge realm but the uh, the funeral thing that they're talking about like that actually, like I was reading about it, it's like a legit thing that they take real seriously. Obviously, and it was that's why it was such a big deal to have that interrupted, and that's what started such a big war because it was like a disrespect type thing. That's why yeah. they chose to do it then. Yeah, <clears throat> but I, well, yeah. The, to your point earlier, is the lightning guy rides? Yeah, up, it rides up, up, down. Yeah. <laughs> so cool. Oh, I didn't even notice. Yeah, he does it down and yep. up. Oh yep. wow, cool! Well, yeah, that's his fucking transportation. It's kind of his gimmick, yeah. And and it's the, rad. Every the time. cool, sh- another cool shot that I, for some reason, stuck out to me is when he goes up through that and he runs. You, you can, can see him fly off, yeah. like through the hole. Well, he's carrying the what's her yeah, name too, holding on or whatever. I thought that was cool too. A good, just little. Uh, soon after that, Lopan makes his big introduction. And yep. the classic Jack runs over him and gets freaked the fuck out by it. That's the first <laughs> glimpse for Jack into like whatever the hell's Sorcery, going on. Yeah, magic. But did you catch the the fuck up mm-hmm. when with the uh, Lopan um, thing? So Lopan's eyes glow. Yeah, yeah. They shoot into Jack's eyes. Jack ducks down, is totally blinded, and then Lopan soon after his mouth fires it. Jack doesn't know that. He's fucking blind already. And later on, he's talking about Lopan, and he's like, lasers shooting out of his eyes and mouth. <laughs> How did he fucking know? And I just remembered to fuck up, because he, when he hit Lopan, it, he hit, like, an actual body. But then, you know, it, he just supposedly went through him oh, yeah. towards the end. Cause over a bit. Yeah, he's like a mirage. Yeah. yeah. So he's a ghost. Yeah. He's not flesh. I mean, I didn't notice that. I didn't yeah, right. think about it until right now. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, he walks through walls. It could have easily just went... Like, and like when him. he's trying to touch those ladies, he's mm. like going through them and stuff. Good thing, too. Don't be a creep, Lopan. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, they, they 
regroup with the uh, reporter and uh, what's the uh, the cousin's name? Is like Billy Lee or something like yeah. that. Uh, who's actually a pretty fun character too. Yeah. Uh, and then a bunch of the uh, roaming egg Shen and you know the, the roaming street gangs and then. Uh, that's when Jack disguises himself as I he's a very like crude disguise as like a was it a lawyer or something sneaking in at, like a bigger it's, geek nerd it's neither here nor there but yeah yes. it's, it's actually a really funny scene to the parlor and requests a girl with green eyes yeah that's what it was yeah, yeah it completely blows the yeah <laughs> just like oh, okay. just, yeah. we just kidnap two girl or one girl like that was anyone else confused when she said cash or card Oh, you pay for prostitutes with credit? Like a, yeah, it's, they, they, they probably have discreet billing. It's fine. It just shows up on your credit card. I didn't know card. that was an option. <laughs> That's what I'm it changes everything. <laughs> Take back what we'll I said. Uh, what am I going to be billed as? Like, oh, uh, uh, like a flower shop or something. Like, oh, cool, yeah. Candy parlor. <laughs> oh, are you with the candy store, honey? <laughs> huh? So when they, so they, when they sneak into his they don't really even sneak in because they he blows it there, right? Like, yeah, they get that's, captured. No, yeah. they, I thought they snuck in as cable workers. That's afterwards when he goes in as like the oh yeah, that doesn't work guy or whatever. That's when that's when the, she gets abducted. Yeah, yeah, which is Lightning. seems insane. Like so easy. He's like, hang on, we gotta fix your cable. Or oh, and the, and the poor, the poor like brothel lady, like that's like checking on her in there. Like it's fucking blown like thirty feet out when the guy blows the yeah, door open. <laughs> that yeah, was sure, fucking man. hilarious. I meant to write that down. <laughs> I was like, what did she fucking do, man? So when they got captured the first time, I'm drawing a blank. When? Did, how do they get out? Because, because when they go back in, like they sneak in, he's like, "Well, that that was easy, you know." Okay. Yeah. yeah. So the, I can't remember their name. One of the three storms, the one that can like swell and expand the big yeah, one. Yeah, I think that's thunder. rain. Oh, thunder! Thunder! thunder. thunder. Right, yeah. Um, he has him and Wang in like the cell or whatever, and like mm. he pulls a knife on him, and he's like, "If you make oh, one move," yeah. and it's just like. Psh- like knocks him back or whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's where he is in the wheelchair. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. falls to the well. Yeah, and then he like slowly like eases forward. That was one of his uh, his um, heroic like moves. Is like he yeah. saves himself with a little. Okay, bit of which is actually pretty cool. That's a lot of upper body strength, y'all. <laughs> if you you look, can't do it. Only Jack can. If you look closely, you can actually see the mechanism under the chair. They like didn't. Don't do this out. to me. I'm sorry. And they also, that wasn't even a hill he went down. It was like the set was built. Yeah, I did level, actually. I did hear about that. And it was it, like it a just, yeah, it just, camera, camera trick. And there's actually a bunch of those neat little camera tricks. Like, there's a bunch of, like, really small corridors they shoot. Like, block off with cardboard to make it, like, look like a really large I'd really system. like to see some of those sets. Because, like, especially, like, when they're underground, there's, like, so many, like, just detail and tunnels and everything. That was something I wrote down was like how the cinematography with the sets was pretty impressive like even for Carpenter like I mean he's known for a lot of awesome things but I don't always think of that stuff with him. I mean not disrespectful but like it's usually all the other cool horror things that he does differently than other people but this one like he showed off his actual chops. Yeah. I think it was years before I actually even knew that this was a Carpenter film. Just because I assumed, you know, everything he did was horror. Yeah. And you see this movie and it was like, wait, the same guy that did 
Halloween and the thing? Like, why? Why is he... <laughs> I just think I, he got to show off because of all the, the oriental, like, imagery is very colorful and, mm-hmm. and, and nice and uniform and neat looking. So yeah. he got to play with that and show off more than... I mean, Christina has great cinematography, but it's just... It's more boring looking than this movie, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. not as much happening. Yeah. I, I was going to ask, is... That scene we were talking about where they're escaping and he gets out of the wheelchair, is that soon after where my, one of my favorite parts, the fall of the leader, one, two, three, and then the gong hits and all the people are there waiting on the other side, closes it, like, we may be trapped. <laughs> no, that's a little later okay. in the film. <laughs> well, that, that is yeah, like a very, favorite. Like, a that's very, like, like, guys, we might be trapped. That's <laughs> like their third trip back. They're, like, embarrassed. They, like, that's keep confusing. coming back. Can, like, that's supposed to be, like... Not a, as hideout, but like the underworld. Uh, <laughs> yeah. so they just keep going in and Those out. The security guards that they kept duping need to be executed. <laughs> yeah. But so I guess when they sneak out that first time, when Kim Cattrall's character gets captured by that creature yeah. monster or whatever, yeah. mm-hmm. I remember seeing that as a kid, and it would just scare the oh the eyes out of me. Yeah, the yeah. red eyes just, through the yeah, just the creature in general yeah. is like legit scary to a child. Yeah. Yeah, towards the end, that you know, where he comes out of his truck at the yeah. end, um, I used to cover my eyes because I, I knew it was creepy. coming, and it was so scary. It's so <laughs> unexpected, too, in that movie, because you're thinking, all right, martial arts, here we go, and then, wait, no, monsters, no, hang yeah, on. There's some random monsters in there. <laughs> kind of makes you think they had some sequels planned that never... Uh, uh, there are comic books that uh, further detail the exploits of... Yep. One Jack Burton. There's a fucking Commodore 64 game, but I don't know if it adds to the story or just straight up use it. It seemed like I watched a little bit on YouTube. It looked like it just kind of used the story. I think that was kind of a thing back then. Like yeah. every movie had a video game. Any yeah. do it. So I'm just gonna jump to where they sneak back in as the the repairman or whatever, mm-hmm. the cable yeah. guys or whatever they are. And um, I want to add when they got when they're in the elevator and they start flooding it, you know, oh, okay. and they have to swim out. Mm-hmm. The corpses corpses that they use that are, like, flooded are it's disgusting. So yeah, they look gross. really good. Yeah, They're so scary. Well, and, like, yeah. They have to swim through a couple of them. It's like, these look awesome. Being in the water, too, it's just like... Uh, it's smell liquid gross. death. Gross. And I guess they make it down to the um, throne room or yeah. The the, mer- the I don't know what it is. I think they actually call it an arcade. Uh, it's like referred to as like like the Mystic Arcade or something like that. It, I'm pretty sure it's a. <laughs> it looks like a goddamn shopping mall food court that they just like threw some cardboard decorations over. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's awesome. It still looks really cool. So. It was, uh, I was listening to a podcast and they're like, "So who do you think?" What do you think the guy was like that had to do all the neon work in there? Like, oh. <laughs> like to actually, like if he was, if it was a real place and they're like, hey, we need you to come put some neon in the, in our underworld. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's a portal to another realm down here. You're gonna, you know, <laughs> just do your Some job. work hazards, it's a like few that. monsters. Does he, he would have to then trek through those same corpses, would he not? <laughs> Possible. Uh, maybe. Damn it. I'm not getting paid enough. Unless they've got a pole somewhere that they didn't know about. (laughs) Say my. Should I talk about the soundtrack for a second? It is a Carpenter film. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
means it's a John Carpenter soundtrack. That is true. <laughs> yes, but it's very different. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't write down any details, but it does not feel like your usual electronic, uh, you know. For the opening scene, um, Carpenter's band, quotation marks, actually sang the title song, and his fellow USC film school friends, Tommy Lee Wallace, who directed Halloween 3 and mm-hmm. Fright Night 2, and Nick Castle, who played Mike Myers, who also co-wrote Escape from New York, and they performed as the Coupe de Vils, or just yeah. the Vils. Yep. Yep. So, I mean, uh, it, has he never not done his own music? Uh, maybe, I don't know. And I thought this might have been the time, but I was it's obviously wrong. No. Yeah, he did it for that first movie, his first big movie he I think he did this. It's probably a hang up he has. As a result well, of the music video to the main theme, I for some odd reason it's the first thing I think not the Halloween theme or anything. This is like the first thing I think of whenever somebody talks about John Carpenter and like the the music he makes or whatever. It's just the goofy ass Well <laughs> if you think about the theme song for um They Live, it's pretty rough. It's like the same harmonica blues thing. Yeah, I was actually blowing my mind. Film. I didn't realize until like we were actually researching this. Like that came after Big Trouble in Little China. It's really? it's so much of a rougher ride. Yeah, well, it's like and me and Eric were talking. And it's like I feel like the thing should have came after Big Trouble in Little China. It's a, it does and feel like a more tightly made movie. Yeah, but I I, I think it almost like because it's a little less ambitious like story wise, yeah. it's very very tight story, so they just kind of focus on all the cool creature effects or whatever. No, I definitely know what you're saying. When I saw They Live was after, I was like, wow, it feels like a smaller scale. I mean, it right. could have been. I think it was. I'm sure I, it was yeah. way lower budget. I mean, it's just kind of weird that like why and, wasn't he getting more money thrown at him after? Well, I guess because it flopped. Yeah. But, you know. It, it kind of it does. It does actually feel like a, a movie that's not quite as. Yeah. Uh, it looks like oh, this is the follow up to a movie that flopped horribly in the box office. I'm gonna yeah. do this on my own. Yeah, and well, Carpenter got uh, like dealing with all the big Hollywood studios and all that stuff, and then making the movie that flopped. And I heard it was mostly because of marketing. Um, kind of uh, made his decision to just return to independent filmmaking, to, so that may also be a reason yeah. he didn't like all the. And, and look at the theme and, though of they live. Yeah, it, it could be a big middle finger to them now. That, man, it makes a lot more sense why he would why why he would do that now. Never thought about that. Yep. All right, let's uh let's take a quick break, and then we'll talk more about some cool stuff. Ah, feel pretty good. <laughs> and I'm not, uh, not scared at all. I just feel kind of, feel kind of invincible. <laughs> me too. I got a very positive attitude about this. Good, me too. Yeah. <laughs> is it getting hot in here or is it just me? So I'll have what they were drinking. <laughs> yeah, I wish. That... Like, they need to, uh, they should have marketed that, like, and sold it as, like, a merchandise, like, you know, like, a Fallout sold Nuka-Cola and shit like that. Like, that would have been awesome. Cool. I guess beer is kind of sold that way, though. Like, liquid so, Courage. <laughs> so, 
when he was like, it's getting hot in here. Were they feeling like some sexual tension? Or uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it, it's a weird bit. It's like, it was like ecstasy holding, is part of the recipe. He was like holding his shoulder and like looking at him real. It's like rubbing his nipples. It's like a lot of really positive vibes are all feeling in that, <laughs> <laughs> that elevator. It's a small They're all space. doing that like hand signal, like yeah, the L7 yeah. loser. <laughs> yeah, that was, did they ever explain that? They all just kind of did it and like I think knew. That's just their it's just their I think that's sign. just their symbol. Yeah, or the, yeah, straight up like the, the gang. It's the gang yeah. sign. Yeah. Well, Wang was doing it. Well, he's like well, Wang's friends a gangster, with them. Yeah, okay, well, that's true. Yeah, he is yeah, the, the, the man. All the street gang stuff. Yeah. So, so when they make their way out of that, they are in the underground like sewer. Sure. It's yeah. like their shortcut. Setting. Yeah. And then like that giant. Uh, Fish, eel thing comes so out. There, there's actually a funny bit about it. It's, it's a really cool scene, but like, there's a funny bit where, like, it's not described in the script at all. Like, so like, <laughs> the special effects guys like, what the fuck do we do here? And, like, make, make and the, they're like, I don't know, just whatever. Like, it's like got a brief line. It's like, it's a slimy thing. <laughs> so it's like, all right, just do it's something cool. It's I modeled guess. after his ex-wife's face. <laughs> I I always thought that was cool too because it was huge. Yeah. And Jack Burns freaking out because he's not sure what's real. <laughs> yeah, he didn't see it at all. <laughs> so, I guess they make it to the uh, the neon room. I'm just gonna call it the neon room. Yeah, you know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. That's perfect. I guess we should mention how Jack Burton just like all ready to go and shoots his gun up into the ceiling and knocks himself out yeah, immediately. Yeah. <laughs> right when shit's about to go down. Wayne's got to be care- uh, like, bummed about having to carry his weight around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> dead weight. Wayne is a, the, the actual hero of the movie. Yeah. In case no one has caught on to that, like, don't don't buy into the hype of the poster. Like, you know, Jack's a bumbling buffoon. <laughs> He's just the face. Yeah. He's sexy. But there's a funny scene. It's actually pretty cool. Like, I thought it was a pretty cool fight. Mm. Uh, queer choreography and uh and it's with wings fighting the sword fighting with the uh one of the storm it's either rain or lightning uh i can't I think remember. it's rain. Dude, dude yeah, with a sword let's yeah. just say that long but, hair luxurious flowing hair yeah Damn. when he takes that hat off i was like what the fuck is going on here <laughs> this guy yeah, model they kind of yeah they kind of like he kind of like float like swings it but when they're jumping, you know, they're jumping back and forth, and Wayne got yeah. these superpowers from the whatever the shot they took. Uh, so they're like jumping back and forth, and Rain like stops, like they land, and he looks them up and down, and uh, so Rain looks Wayne yeah, yeah. up and down, and he's like does the little eyebrow thing like. Yeah, <laughs> it's so funny. You guys couldn't see that, but he did the eyebrow nowhere. thing. Like, like <laughs> unless you could hear it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, when I re- recently watched that with my wife, I, she wasn't watching, of course, but I was like, watch this, and I rewound it, and she didn't think it was as funny as I did, but... I watch it again, it's really funny, funny, I promise. <laughs> keep watching. I'll put it in slow-mo, watch it this time. <laughs> So, it was pretty, I guess, before that's when he tested them to make sure they were um, 
Right. So Lopan kidnapped these girls because apparently to break the uh, the curse and to give him immortality, he needs a girl with green eyes. Luckily for him, he's got two. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's performing the ritual, and it's starting to work. He pricks them in the wrist, and he's actually starting to bleed. Yeah, it's like the sword ritual, but they both pass. So yeah, at that point, he has to sacrifice yeah, one. Yeah, he's going to marry one and sacrifice the other, yeah. And what's funny is, you're assuming, okay, he's going to sacrifice the, you know, gringo, white lady he wanted the other girl to begin with. But it, he, like, flips it. And I obviously, for the drama with Wang, because he, he said he's going to kill her. And Wang's yeah. like, no! Like, that's, and he's, like, freaking out. So that was a weird twist I didn't see coming. That's when Egg Shin throws his bomb in there or whatever. Mm. But yeah, it, it didn't like low pans, like, eh, it's too late, I'm bleeding, like, fuck all y'all, and he kind of bails. Yeah, because like, that was the moment they were waiting for, because he's like, yeah. okay, he's got enough flesh, we can kill him now. Yeah. Like, my hope was that, we didn't even talk about this, but yeah. let's talk about David Lopan in his human form. He's the it's best just... fucking character, best yeah. acting, <laughs> best performance, most entertaining character in the whole movie, like... He's like a caricature, but he's not because he is Asian, but like he feels like he's a white person playing an Asian. It's like really, really bizarre. Some of that was probably some ad lib, I think. I just, oh, it's just so good, it's though. It's funny. I wish I had the lines in front of me, but there, he's such a smart ass. Like, there are some shots with him, like, or some scenes where he's just bitching out the help. You know what I mean? He's like, yeah. God damn it, yeah. you, you bums. Yeah. <laughs> he's just like, here's, here's how into the details he is. Like, he's in the weeds yelling at security guards and shit. <laughs> I wish I wrote it down in my notes, but there's just a fucking, the first scene when you see him and he's in Burton and them are meeting him, he has a mic drop scene when he's like walking out. I forgot what he says, but he just gets the last word and it's like, <laughs> like fuck you. As he rolls out yeah. of his wheelchair. Yeah, I, it just, when you guys watch it next, whoever's listening, just notice that it's very it's very us. funny yeah, we will we will uh, listen and watch it again i only wanted to bring that up because i was hoping i was hoping in the movie when he was sort of becoming human again that he would like like walk off like doing that fucking chuckle but he didn't of course which is there's a scary scene uh it's like when he's in that form the light starts shining through yes. his head it's, yeah, yeah, that is, awesome. it's just actually scary yeah. headlamp yeah well i noticed uh, some of the other people or no, it might have been him before that. Like, he had, like, just, like, veins, I guess, painted on, but they looked really nasty and good and sweaty and, sh- like, you know, thinning hair. It just looked really, really it good. It looked really good. I don't think I ever noticed until recently rewatching it that when he's in uh, sorcerer form that he's, like, towering over everybody. Yeah, he's, like, eight feet tall. Yeah. I, like, I just, for some reason, that I mean, I know he, like, floats and glides everywhere, which is cool, but, yeah, he's, like, Humongous. Yeah. Do you think the his pinky nails were like a little nod to how much coke they were doing when they made this movie? <laughs> I don't know. No, I thought they were I, first. I, so, this seems like a hard movie to make. It could have been an accessory. I mean, I <laughs> the whole know. cast, though. Like, I, I've just heard it was a, a tricky shoot. Like well. Kim Cattrall, like had the green contacts. None of those girls had green eyes. Yeah. Right. In case you didn't know, but yeah. Her, she couldn't, she didn't respond well to the contacts. She had to put them in and quickly shoot the scenes and take them out. Like, her eyes were, like, watering, like, Yeah, I, I heard, like, she had to, like, actually get used to them. So, like, she'd put them in and, like, they had to, like, wait, like, 20 or 30 minutes. And then she'd have to go shoot a scene and then she'd have to, like, take them out. Yeah. Like, she couldn't just leave them in. Like, uh, you think, oh, I can just put these in today, shoot all my scenes and take them out. Nope. Every time. It's, um, awful. Well, worth it. <laughs> 
She probably got a few bucks. So I guess uh so Egg Shin and Lopin get into a sorcerer fight. <laughs> which, finger battle. <laughs> where there's a shining light at each other through their fingers. Um but there's some really cool imagery there with the uh ancient I don't know, warriors fighting each other. Yeah. With the backlight, which uh that we just mentioned earlier, it has a, a similar shot in. Uh, yeah, it feels it feels very uh, Masters of the Universe. Yeah, yeah, still awesome. Like I think that's when uh, Skeletor comes through from. Uh, <laughs> yeah, to the to Earth. Yeah, yeah it's like no, is that, it's, I'm sorry. Is that just like loads. Like, what did you guys take away from that? Like, I remember thinking, like, is he mad or sad or just doesn't want to like. I, I deal just, with the stress anymore? I just thought, like, whenever I was a kid, I just thought, like, oh, well, you know, it's like vampires or some shit. Like, Lopan's dead, you know, the, the thing What's powering. the point? Well, no, I, I just thought, like, the thing powering these other guys, you know, they were... Yeah, like, that could be it. It means, like, once, uh, once, once the head's gone, you know, it's just a matter well, of time for I mean, let's be real, he's unemployed now, Yeah, so. but why couldn't he just fucking fade away, like, the spirits that they kind of were? Wait, like, hold the fucking phone. Are we glossing over, like... No, 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 Stop jumping around. Stop it. (laughs) Quit. We'll get there. I I had a thing about that. Knock it off. When we get to that, I I had a note to point out. Yeah, so I think we're there. Like, uh, so it's just Kim Kim Cattrall and um, Jack Burton basically corner Lopan in his little room or whatever, which is a cool set. Wings in there. Uh, Wang, no, Wang runs later. in. Yeah. yeah, he flips through. Oh, it's right after <laughs> it. It's right. Just him it, and yeah. the other guy. They're, they're like flipping down the Jack hallway. Jack Burton's and... only competent scene in the whole film, and it comes after an epic failure. <laughs> <laughs> Which is? Oh, right. You're telling me. <laughs> no, to go, go okay. for it, man. All right, cool. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. So, Jack, because he's all hopped up on America, uh, is badass. <laughs> Frog juice, whatever is in the <laughs> shot. Or just, oh yeah, also the, uh, the, the demon shot, uh, decides like, oh yeah, okay, I know exactly what I need to do to save the day. He just throws his knife and it just misses horribly. Just, <laughs> it does that thing, like when you throw it at the wall, it just hits flat and drops. <laughs> Wasn't Kurt even, Russell's, like, stuck in, didn't even stick in it. Yeah, Kurt Russell, yeah, Kurt Russell's like... Such a good actor he plays. Like he's not even like that bummed somehow. Jack, he's like, gosh, dang it, you know. He's not even like, oh no, I'm gonna die, you know. He's so like, confident. oh man. <laughs> but uh, Lopan like laughs and then throws a knife back at him. And uh, the one thing Jack Burton's got going for him that's been uh, on display for the whole movie is he actually does have cat-like reflexes. So, <laughs> so he manages to catch the knife and chuck it right back at Lopan, right between the eyes. It's a big old kiss my grits, fuck yeah moment. Where it's, like, yeah! It's kind of unexpected because you're just yeah, like, wait. Well, yeah, they set dead. up. Well, they also, like, set him up as such a fucking idiot mm-hmm. and, like, a lose, like a failure at every, like, oh, I'm going to punch this guy that's clearly fucking ancient black magic guy that right. can't fucking feel anything. But if you recall, in the, the nothing or double, you know, gambling scene at the beginning yeah, with Wang. He hits the bottle and catches it. Yep. And he says, yeah, it's all in the saying. reflexes. Like, so yeah. yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, they foreshadowed it's, it's, it. Yeah, it's a it's a call. I did forget though. By the time it got to that, I'm like, hang on, how did? He... Oh, that's right. 
But it's the one thing he has yeah. going for him. It's, it's actually a really cool scene. I mean, if you think about it, Jack Burton's like, he's not even batting 500. He's like batting .04 yeah. something at this point. Like, yeah. he's horrible at this. But just the, it's just fucking luck and a bunch of bullshit gets Jack through every encounter he's ever had. He, he, his reflexes weren't quick enough to dodge those rocks falling on his head, though. And <laughs> I just, shoots didn't, him. just didn't see him coming. Not to mention the whole time after he like gets the girl, he's doing all these scenes with lipstick on. <laughs> like, yeah, he's, uh, yeah, he yeah. Her, yeah, he's covered he's in lipstick. lipstick. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, that's another thing. Like, what's up with him? Like, is that part of his badass stick when he when he like refuses to kiss her? Like, oh yeah, later? I don't know. I think he's just yeah, he's just trying to be the. Uh, he's, he's, try- he's having a Shane moment where he's like, no, I'm gonna leave town. They're all acting like thirteen year old like teen like preteen kid like. Aren't you gonna kiss your Jack? <laughs> no, no, I'm not. See you later. Fuck all y'all. <laughs> I'm gonna go do my thing. I'm gonna drive my truck around without a trailer. <laughs> yeah, First, he's gonna have, have to it. dry those boots out. Those things are gonna be wet. Yeah. He's drying his clothes out wearing, the, like, at the beginning, he's wearing the, like, kimono. Yeah. <laughs> That's a hero. So, this movie had a lot of influences. Or, well, it... Rather, it was influential. Yeah, it was yeah. influential. But uh, Carpenter did have some in- inspiration from um, a couple films for it. Um, so in 1983, a film called Zoo Warriors from Magic Mountain, which combined Chinese action with supernatural, and they called it kind of a Chinese Star Wars at the time. Um, he like, he took some inspiration from that, like how they would, you know, Kung Fu and magic. Before you read the other ones, is mm-hmm. Master of the Flying Guillotine on there? Huh? You know, it, it does that too, though. There's some weird fucking shit in that like th- like vomiting acid and shit like some of the weird ninja guys do so wouldn't have shocked me if that was on the list I'm, now I'm curious what else is on there um well that's the one of the biggest ones the only one I, I found that I thought was mentioned oh, <laughs> but um yeah so it has um it influenced like a lot of Thor Ragnarok mm-hmm, yeah um Star Lord, Mortal Kombat. Yeah, after the video games. Yeah, yeah, the Three Storms is a you know direct inspiration of Mortal Kombat, which is awesome. Yeah, uh, I was gonna say there's a lot of cool like, and this is where like creative people do weird shit, right? Like everybody throws their influences in, you know, and and kind of wears it on their sleeves, but it goes on to be its own thing. Like that's what Big Trouble in Little China did, and then. Sure enough, down the road, you know, the guys were like, look at this goofy, fun, energetic mix of, like, Western and Eastern, you know. Uh, yeah. You know, like, let's just make a video game of that, you know, like, and straight up they did, and it goes on to become its own thing, which has influenced just a litany of other things. I always, I don't know, I always think it's really cool. Yeah, also, we need to talk about Mortal Kombat the movie. And maybe Mortal Kombat the I movie. I would love to do that. Mortal Kombat, like, when you think about it, it's not just Raiden. It's almost the whole fucking thing. Even the, like, sets and the levels and stuff, you could have it from a scene of that movie. Yeah. At least the first Warring couple of them. Ninja Clans, all of that. Yeah, it's yeah. it's not just Raiden. Yeah, that, yeah. The, they, they took the tone. They decided that, to go yeah. a more serious direction with it, but they took the whole tone of that movie. It was like, all right, well, 
Here's our video game. Just, I don't know. Rip some spines out. Free some dudes to death. Who cares? Lightning everywhere. Ancient yeah. magic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they, they had a... I think we mentioned earlier, they made a big you know, big trouble in Little China video game um, for the Commodore 64. Some, uh, some other... A couple other computer systems that it, it was a nothing it looked awful I, I was go <laughs> watch it on YouTube it's it's rough it was just an influential movie on me when I was a kid it looked like it had everything I loved kung, kung fu monsters yeah. magic We're doing our final thoughts here yeah um I just I'll always love this movie I think just I don't know it just reminded me of my kid childhood like I said earlier, it's like the epitome of cult movie. Like, like it's Carpenter's love letter, kind of like what you're saying, to just genre cinema, not just horror. It's got, like, an excess of every subgenre of movie that somehow blends together successfully. And uh, it's just like one of those unlimited mo- movies with unlimited rewatchability. Um... I don't know. It just seemed like every actor was having such a blast. Like, just looked like a fun set to be on. Like, I think when movies have that, whereas, like, everything's miserable, tension, people are not getting along on set, I think those are the movies that don't have that magic at the end of the day that this one had. No pun intended. No pun intended. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's my thoughts. If you haven't seen it, you're missing out on a top tier classic cult film. Yeah, I, it's it's certainly uh, one of the movies I remember a great deal from my childhood, getting me through a lot of you know <laughs> a lot of bored rainy days. And you know, uh, having said that, uh, it still it holds up. It holds up really well. I actually thought, like I said, going into it, that it wasn't going to have anything to really say. It was just going to be a fun time. <laughs> I actually did find like. I think this movie is kind of like lampooning uh, uh, white people, and they're you know constantly uh, interfering in other uh, other people's business. I guess like every like there's only I there's only three white actors. I'm pretty sure in the whole movie, uh, if, if you don't count the lawyer in the first bit, you yeah. know what I mean. Like John Carpenter actually went through the effort of you know like look if this is going to be you know set in Chinatown and all of that, and this is going to be you know. A kung fu influenced movie like we're just gonna do it right we're just gonna you know we're not gonna whitewash it we're just gonna do it legit i thought that was pretty cool uh i, I know it came under a lot of fire at the time but it, it i was it, gonna say that's weird that people thought it was doing the opposite like they were yeah, thinking I mean, it was being disrespectful and like not taking you know asian culture seriously but i'm like dude come on they made them the hero i mean it's like right. they intentionally went out of their way to make you think this white guy on the poster is the hero, and he's a fucking idiot, like Clay yeah. was saying. Like, uh, but, but you know, having said all that, I mean, I, I don't want to get too deep into what I think John Carpenter might be saying, but I th- suffice it to say, I actually think he was saying something with this movie, uh, which uh, kind of surprised me when I was watching. I was like, oh, hey, there's some uh, actual stuff, some, some meat on the bone, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, so, like yeah, I, it's, it's still, it's a fucking blast all the way through. You, 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 yeah, I can't say enough. If you haven't seen it, you definitely should. Uh, if you have seen it, watch it again because it is every bit as fun as you remember it. I don't. 
it never loses any of its shine. Yeah, every it, yeah. every time you watch it, it's it's just as enjoyable. Well, and you know, especially now with the recent resurgence of like the '80s aesthetic and everything, where yeah. there's the music, the colors, or the fashion. I mean, this movie like this is a perfect time to show your kids this movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, they probably like it. Um, and I mean, heck, Rotten Tomatoes gives it a seventy-seven percent. Mm-hmm. I mean. It's a solid Come on. for being such plus. a flop. It yeah. sure is a cult classic now. Right, yeah. I, I think it did actually recoup most of its money in the home video market. So basically, like, a bunch of kids, like, everybody at this table. <laughs> like, yeah. You know I mean, like... You're uh, welcome, Mr. Carpenter. Yeah, yeah. I think it was just a little little before his time. Sure. And bad timing. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Hollywood... And Hollywood, yeah. Hollywood's rough, man, on everybody. Apparently, so I hear yeah. So this is going to be the exciting part of the podcast. Yeah, I've been waiting. Because it's over? What's next? No, because oh. we need to find out what's next. <laughs> is that it? Are we That's done it. with Big yeah. Trouble? I, I mean, I'm... Fun movie. No no Easter eggs? Nothing else to say or anything? We will say... Uh, Kurt Russell's a handsome man. For those listening, this was, a, this was a tough <laughs> he's one to... A he's a handsome, good man. Good man. We've decided we're going to have to, on our break, we were discussing that we're going to have to get a DVD player to, to kind of help us guide through these scenes because we're going through memory. In this movie, they do the same, like, keep going back three times and it gets it's, mixed it's up, a so rough we apologize. Yeah. Yeah. We tried to get a hold of John, but he just wouldn't send us yeah. a script, so we got to work on that. <laughs> yeah. um, all right, so this, or I guess next week, I get to pick the movie, and it's going to be... 1979 Tourist Trap. Oh. I, I think I, I think I started that on the the uh, Joe Bob Briggs one on Shutter, and I did mm-hmm. not. Uh, I, just, I was just kind of curious how the intro would go. I didn't watch the movie itself. So, yeah, you're right. Yeah. I've never seen it. It's going to be fun. It is PG. So weird. I've seen a lot of, like, skills from it. Yeah. It looks yeah. awesome. It looks creepy. I heard it's kind of kooky. Is, is that it's, correct? It absolutely is. Okay. It, it was brushed over. I mean, you know, you guys think about that time and horror, what was coming out. Um, and yeah, it's just disregarded as like a hidden gem. And it it has so many scenes where, you know, it looks made for TV and then something will happen and it just knocks you silly. So yeah, it's going to be a fun one to talk about. Right, looking forward to it. Yeah, I was wrong. Awesome. My I would my prediction was something David Bowie. <laughs> I was thinking Labyrinth, like it's such a cool film, but I mean, I can change it. If we want if we want to fell to earth or whatever. Yeah. Or the, no, hung, the hunger. Fire walk with me. Never seen it, it. He's in a lot of cult films. Merry Christmas, Mr. Jones. Nothing. I've seen the two movies that oh, we God. just talked he's about. Fire walk with me. <laughs> Have you not seen that? No, because I never finished. Uh, I never finished Twin Peaks. Oh, that's fine. I never started. Oh, <laughs> David Bowie's so good, so good. They had to bring him back posthumously in the new one. In a, in a way, I don't want to spoil it in case you guys ever grow some balls and watch it. I just gotta find some time. Yeah, it's definitely a long as I'm done. I'm done. I gotta. We'll have a whole. Uh, we done series of episodes on that when they finally decide to watch it. I hope. Man, it's still going. We don't cut him off. He's just gonna. <laughs> yeah, I missed last. I missed last episode. Hours. I missed last episode. I love Akira. I'll talk about it on another one. <laughs> no, man. If you want to go, go. <laughs> just give us give us a brief rundown. Yeah. Uh, synopsis. Uh, yeah. 
Okay, I was joking, but I'll do it. Um, Tell your baby how good he did. No, I did. It made me realize how much I take anime for granted. I guess it is the best way to say the impact it had. It's kind of weird that Clay waited this long to make us watch it, even if it was just at home on a couch. Like, so for for the record, I, I've seen bits and pieces. Don't get me wrong. For, I'm aware. For the record, I have lived with Brian Troth for at least five, six years, like, not in totality, just, yeah. like, just collectively. So, yeah, the, the, he has had opportunities. I, I, don't I, I didn't deny that. <laughs> you never put it on and made me watch it, is what I said. <laughs> I watched it in my room. I didn't say I never had the opportunity. <laughs> I could fucking pull up YouTube anytime or something. But. I did borrow an anime from Clay for, like, a year and, like, watched half of it. <laughs> oh, I'm, oh I'm, Perfect I'm, Blue? Yeah. I am, yeah, I am so behind on anime I'm the guy that will like hear about one watch like two episodes be like that was really cool and then just forget and not keep up like it's just not a priority like it should be but I've seen Vampire Hunter D and and Part 2 Bloodlust I love those but I I thought that was the horror fan in me appreciating those not not because of other great anime so this finally like broke that barrier to be like okay these are legit movies don't look at it as anime look at it as a movie that happens to be animated by Japanese people that are fucking awesome storytellers. So that's how I'll approach it now. I'll probably go catch up on Ghost in the Shell, shit uh, like you, that. You can wait a couple weeks. <laughs> no, I just mean, I just mean before I die, like I'm gonna try to watch this. Uh, you're film. gonna have to watch it soon, so don't worry yeah. about it. It's coming. All right. This is just gonna do anime every time. Is this something <laughs> you guys no, have discussed? No, I, no, I've got like, I've got like. Three or four or five, but I'm not gonna do them because I can split them up. Okay, it's fine. That's all I'm, I'm saying. I don't want to. I don't want to be able to predict in a nutshell like what he's. Don't you worry. Don't you worry. Massive universe coming before you know it. Let's get okay. out of here. Later. All right. Thanks. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.